Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors. LLBean.com. By Celestron. Offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron.com. By Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And by Chimani. Visiting a national park? Let Chimani guide you. Chimani.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 618. How you see certain kinds of birds on the side of the road that have lost a battle with a passing automobile. It sometimes seems that rock pigeons represent an especially high percentage of victims. Maybe wild turkeys, too. If that's so, why is it so? Why can't some birds seem to get out of the way in time? Is it because their wings are too small? Is it because their eyes are too small? No, apparently, according to new research, it's because their brains are too small. A study conducted by scientists from France and Denmark suggests that the bigger the brain, compared to body size, the less likely a bird will fall victim to motorized misfortune. So big brain birds like crows, for example, seem much more successful in avoiding trouble with Toyotas or mayhem from Mazdas than their smaller brained cousins. Pretty interesting. Now, there is one theory about why crows can avoid collisions with vehicles, an older theory, which involves their use of fellow crows acting as lookouts. So when a lookout crow sees a vehicle approaching one of its brethren in the road, he'll yell out, Ka! 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 Good new research and a bad old joke. Extra, extra, read all about it. Well, a little help from our friends has made for some Talking Birds Facebook posts that we think are worth checking out this week. For example, why we should be envious of ospreys, especially the females. We'll link you to a story about that by our friend Mark Faraday. Want to see an amazing picture of a great gray owl in close-to-the-ground flight? Well, you can, thanks to our friend John Harrison, whose fabulous photo of just such a site up in Newport, New Hampshire, is available for viewing on our Facebook page right now. And thanks to friend and Talking Birds ambassador Paul Breitenbach down in West Virginia for sending us a copy of the Potomac Valley Audubon Society's latest newsletter. We were so impressed by that newsletter and by all the things the group is doing that we're going to put a link to it on our Facebook page right after the show today. Check it out because chances are you will be impressed too. Full disclosure, the newsletter contains a plug for our radio show. That's some of what we have for you on our Facebook page uh, right about now. In our blog this week... More about avian intelligence, specifically, are ravens capable of imagining what other birds are thinking? Maybe so, as our Debbie Bleacher explains in this week's blog, easily found at TalkingBirds.com. Well, last week, some great folks from the great American West joined up as new Talking Birds ambassadors from Wyoming, California, and Idaho. And this week, some wonderful listeners from the great American Midwest have stepped up, and they include Jeff from Carthage in the Hoosier State, Indiana, Pamela from the Show Me State 
in St. Louis, Missouri. Sally from Springfield in the Buckeye State, Ohio. And west of the Buckeye State, in the Hawkeye State, John and Cheryl in Orange City, Iowa. And back east, Laura from the Tar Heel State, Charlotte, North Carolina. How those Tar Heels going in the final, uh, not the final four, in the finals, NCAA, right? They're going to play uh, Gonzaga for the whole, uh, the whole thing there. Okay, six amazing people, and we're honored to have them as our newest Talking Birds ambassadors. A quick visit to our Facebook page will provide a complete list of ambassador states. Talking Birds listeners, kindly do check to see if your state is listed there and consider representing it if it isn't. And, of course, whether your state is listed or not, we hope you'll join our ambassadors program. Hand out some cards to your friends and associates, our info cards about the show, and spread the word about the program and about birds and conservation. Really easy to do, no time commitment uh, uh, whatsoever, really, just handing out some cards whenever. To join up, just click on the Contact button at TalkingBirds.com and choose the Become an Ambassador option. That's the Become an Ambassador option via the Contact button at TalkingBirds.com. No G in talking. Here's a quick preview of our Mystery Bird Contest so you'll be ready when we do the contest a little bit later in the show. That's the sound of the bird. It's a fairly large coast-dwelling bird, about 20 inches in length. It has a slender orange bill, a short forked tail, and a complete black cap with a crest that's visible for a short time in breeding season. Its back and wings are gray. Its undersides are white. Our bird feeds on small fish and invertebrates by plunge diving. That's a little bit of a clue thing and sound of our mystery bird in our contest coming along shortly. Still to come, also on our show today... If you'd like to learn more about birds at your own pace, we have something really good to share today. The Cornell Lab of Ornithology's Maya Thompson will be with us to tell us about their new online Springfield Ornithology course. Also this morning, we'll check up with our man Mike O'Connor for more great advice on backyard birding in our Let's Ask Mike live segment. And up next, a bird that's had folks in our backyard, the coast of Massachusetts, that is pretty excited lately. Places around the Cape Cod Canal and up in the great fishing town of Gloucester is today's featured feathered friend. Talking Birds is made possible by Celestron, a leading optics company offering binoculars and spotting scopes for birders of all levels. Celestron is dedicated to education and bird conservation and proudly supports many nonprofit organizations that share the same commitment. Celestron says, We care about birds and nature in our backyard as well as yours. Enhance your view with Celestron. Visit Celestron. Dot com and discover more. Among four waterfowl relatives, one is spectacle, one is stellar, one is common, and one, today's featured feathered friend, is a king, Somateria spectabilis, the king eider. And regal he is. The male sports a bold black and white body, a light blue crown and nape, a greenish face, and a bright red-orange bill topped by an enormous orange knob outlined in black, and standing in stark contrast to the female, which is mostly brown with black barring. And the king eider is counted among diving duck royalty, often descending more than 80 feet from the water's surface to the seabed in search of the crustaceans plant matter, and insect larvae on which it feeds. The king eider breeds in extreme northern Canada and on Alaska's north slope, 
and winters as far south as Massachusetts on the Atlantic coast and along southern parts of Alaska in the west. We're listening to the soft, sort of dove-like sounds of the male king eider, along with a few vocalizations by the female. In addition to his prowess as a diver, the king eider has at least one other claim to fame. It has a pub named after it. You'll find the King Eider's Pub up there, down east, in Damrascotta, Maine. Try the oysters. Somateria spectabilis, the King Eider. Today's Talkin' Birds featured Feathered Friend. If we continue to consume our natural resources at the rate we do now, by 2050, it could take three Earths to meet our needs. The Earth can't speak up when it needs help, but we can. Be the voice for those who have no voice. Visit worldwildlife.org. Thanks again for being with us for our show number 618. We hope you'll visit our website, TalkinBirds.com, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at TalkinBirds. Maya Thompson is an e-learning specialist and Bird Academy project leader at the famous Cornell Lab of Ornithology based in Ithaca, New York. And she joins us right now to tell us about this wonderful thing called the Spring Field Ornithology course. Good morning, Maya. Hello, Maya. Well, have we lost Maya before we've even gotten her on? Okay, we'll get her back. But anyway, the Springfield Ornithology course. How do I know it's terrific? Because I'm I'm taking this course uh, to see how it works, and I'll tell you, anybody can learn from this, but we'll find out more about who the, the kind of target audience for this course is uh, when we talk to Maya Thompson, like I think right now. Good morning, Maya. Good morning. Hey, I'm glad we got you back there. We lost you for a moment. I'm here. Okay. <laughs> so the Springfield Ornithology course, uh, give us a little overview, Maya, if you would, and, and uh, tell us sort of who it's for. Absolutely. So this, this course is actually 41 years strong. As an online course, it's, uh, this is our second year, but um, the course itself has been taught at the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. People come to the visitor center each spring, and uh, it's an eight-week course that really celebrates the spring migration. We're focused on the Northeast, and week by week, you're learning about the birds that you're actually likely to see in your neighborhood. Um, and then also learning all about their behavior and biology, their song patterns, their migration, their nesting patterns, all those amazing things. And really, it's a course that uh, partly I think it's been ever popular with locals because you know, whether you're a beginning birder or you just want a refresher, uh, it's kind of a nice thing to, to you know, commit each week some time to tune into birds and, and uh, just remind yourself who to look out for as you're walking around. And you have an instructor who knows a couple of things about birds. Just one or two. So Dr. Steve Kress uh, is an extraordinary person, uh, a great birder. Um, and also the leader of Project Puffin. So he has been uh, working with birds for many, many years, and he just loves to share uh, his enthusiasm and knowledge about birds with people. So you're actually, when you take this as the on uh, online course, you're seeing uh, Dr. Kress there giving a lecture, but it's also enhanced by video and um, graphs and displays of That's all sorts. Right. Yeah, and uh, one of the things that we love about being able to offer it online, other than just that more people can experience spring migration uh, this way, is that we've also been able to put uh, practice quizzes up so that after you've learned your bird ID from Dr. Kress, you can actually go ahead and practice it right there. 
And also, we have so many amazing web resources these days to learn about birds. For each week, we like to list our favorites so that you can explore on your own. So the first week here, winter residence and then seabird restoration. And uh, Steve Kress knows a little bit about that. We'll talk about that, too, uh, in a minute. Then other topics, uh, hawk and owl ID and shorebird ID. And one of my favorite topics, bird migration, uh, is included. And this is another one really interesting, a virtual visit to the Museum of Vertebrates. How does that work? Well, that's exciting. You know, one of the things that the students do when they come in person is they get a behind-the-scenes tour of the Cornell Museum of Vertebrate Bird Collection. And for many people, that's a highlight. And so we wanted to make sure that the people who are participating online got a taste of that. And so we went through the collection on a, on a calm day with Dr. Kevin McGowan, who's an extraordinary birder and has managed the collection in the past. And he basically takes you on a whirlwind tour, opening the drawers, and, um, you know, exposing you to birds from all across the world and, and talking about um, some of the most amazing, amazing birds. We even have some birds in, that, in the collection that um, are extinct. Mm-hmm. And so it's quite extraordinary uh, to be able to trail along with him. So the first week, winter residence and seabird restoration and that winter residence, that first one, body shape and posture and flight pattern and wing shape, great ways to identify birds, an explanation of why birds can perch at night on a branch and never fall off. And then seabird restoration and getting back to uh, Dr. Kress, uh, Maya, this kind of has a nature documentary feel to it, too, in addition to being a lecture, because you're seeing all this great video of puffins and arctic terns. Absolutely, and it is quite an extraordinary conservation success story that Dr. Kress has been uh, instrumental in. And so as you you hear him talk about uh, the many years that he's been involved in seabird restoration and the sort of gamble that he made, uh, that he, you know, decided that, you know, he really wanted to try to bring puffins back, um, <clears throat> to this island in Maine, and you think, wow, you know that that was uh, that was quite a quite a mission, and and he's done it, and then he's helped uh, he's helped groups all across the world with other seabird colonies uh, reestablish them, and and so it is it is quite like a, a nature documentary, but there you are hearing it from the mouth of the scientist. That is an extraordinary story about what he did uh, restoring um, uh, Atlantic puffins there to Eastern Egg Rock off the coast. Of Maine, and, and it was a long process, and many people probably would have given up, I think, at the slow progress that happened at first, right? Absolutely, and part of the part of the reason I love his lecture also is that the methods that they used to attract the birds back, uh, you know, seemed, seemed just improbable that they would work. They have these very simple wooden models mm-hmm. of birds um, that it turns out if you put them out uh, on the rock, then... Uh, other birds who are flying by think, oh, that might be a good place to go down and, and take a look. So um, it's quite it's quite an amazing story and uh, highly recommend um, uh, hearing Steve Kress talk about it. Indeed. Well, this course, Springfield Ornithology, is part of uh, the Bird Academy at Cornell. So this is you have a wide range of courses. In fact, uh, you have a slogan on the website, Maya, learn everything from birding basics to comprehensive ornithology. So it really is something for beginners all the way up to really experienced birders. Yeah, that's our goal, to have uh, the full range of things to explore on the website. So we have a large portion of the site that is for uh, just for free, for exploration. We have uh, hundreds of, of short videos that you can explore, and they're organized around all the fun topics about birds, nesting, evolution, 
anatomy. Um, and then we also have a, a series of, of, of interactive features that let you go a little bit more in depth. So we have one about bird song. We have one called All About Fancy Males, where you learn about courtship. Um, we have uh, uh, a, actually a, uh, a quiz-based game called uh, Bird Song Hero, which is also fun. But then we've also been developing paid courses, and this is one of them, Springfield Ornithology. Um, and for even uh, sort of more beginner level, we have Be a Better Birder, um, size and shape and color and pattern. And these are quick tutorials that just get you started on what to look for. We're not marching through uh, birds and teaching you how to identify particular ones, but teaching strategies. Um, and this is uh, Be a Better Birder series is from Dr. Kevin McGowan. And he has amazing sets of strategies mm -hmm. that help you get started. And then all the way up to our, our Ornithology Comprehensive Bird Biology course, which is, in fact, a university-level course mm -hmm. that you can take online with us and actually can seek um, academic credit uh, if, if you so choose. But that, that's been um, a wonderful chance for people, actually, that also has a long history for people all over the world to get an ornithology education mm -hmm. um, from how afar. Do, how do folks uh, do it, Maya? How do they get started and just learn all about it and sign up? Yeah, so um, Bird Academy, uh, you can just explore for free, no sign-in. Um, if you decide you want to take a course from our courses list, then it's an easy process, um, and and actually, what we love to be able to do is let people sign in with if you if you participate in any of the citizen science projects from across the Cornell Lab. If you're an eBirder, uh, your sign in is exactly the same, um, and then you can just get started and go. Most of our courses are self-paced. Springfield Ornithology is uh, you get uh, access to a new set of um, presentations each week. We like to do that that way so that you're actually tuning in each week, and we're encouraging you to really uh, to really um, sort of feel the the pattern and the and the schedule of spring migration. But then after spring's over, we actually um, encourage you to go back and practice. So everything's available to you until December first. And the website, Maya. Bird Academy is academy.allaboutbirds.org. Academy.allaboutbirds.org. Wonderful stuff. Maya Thompson is an e-learning specialist and Bird Academy project leader at Cornell Lab of Ornithology. Maya, thank you, and I'll be looking forward to week two. All right, thank you. <laughs> Coming up here, it's our Mystery Bird Contest in just one minute. If you've listened to Talking Birds over the past several weeks, you may have heard us talking about our upcoming trip to the Galapagos Islands. And guess what? The guest list is now almost full. So if you'd like to join us, and we hope you will, the time to sign up is now. We'll travel with our friends from Sunrise Birding, one of the world's finest small group touring companies. Get all the details right now at sunrisebirding.com. That's sunrisebirding.com. Here's an idea for the next time you're shopping for wild bird food. Look for the Audubon Park brand, a top choice among bird lovers for more than 40 years. All of Audubon Park's products meet the highest quality standards in the industry and have earned early compliance with the FDA's Food Safety Modernization Act. And Audubon Park products are easy to find at your supermarket, lawn and garden store, farm and feed market, and online retailers. For more information, visit AudubonPark.com. It's our Mystery Bird Contest, and you are eligible to win a fabulous feeder from Droll Yankees. If you haven't been a winner here in the last six months, the Droll Yankees Observer Window Feeder in Smoke provides unobstructed and close-up birds, uh, views of birds, anyway, right at your window. 
and a lifetime squirrel damage warranty is included. That's our prize. 781-837-4900 is the number. 781-837-4900. Whatever you do, don't wait to call because we will run out of time if you do. Here's the sound of our mystery bird, a fairly large coast-dwelling bird, about 20 inches in length. It has a slender orange bill, a short forked tail, and a complete black cap with a crest that's visible for a short time in breeding season. Its back and wings are gray, its undersides are white. Our bird, which feeds on small fish and invertebrates by plunge diving, breeds from New Jersey and Northern California and points south and winters from North Carolina or so and Southern California on the other coast and down into Mexico. What is our bird? Tell us or take your guess. No correct answer means a drawing will determine our winner of that beautiful Droll Yankees Observer window feeder. 781-837-4900 is the number. Meanwhile, we're going to find out about some birds that are causing problems for some other birds when we talk with uh, Mike O'Connor. Let's ask Mike in just one minute. The Amazon's rainforest is being cut down so fast that by 2030, 55% of it could be completely wiped out. The Earth's forest can't speak up when they need help, but we can. Be the voice for those who have no voice. Visit worldwildlife.org. If we continue to consume our natural resources at the rate we do now, by 2050, it could take three Earths to meet our needs. The Earth can't speak up when it needs help, but we can. Be the voice for those who have no voice. Visit worldwildlife.org. I don't recycle. I mean, we can just find another planet for your kids to live on, you know? Noted non-recycler Tommy Crenshaw talks about the future. Oh, I can totally see finding another planet that can support life when ours fills up with trash. Log on to yougottobekidding.org and learn about all the ways you can recycle. Unless you're into lame excuses like Tommy's. Hey, recycling's just not my thing. Starting over on a new planet? Now that's exciting. Don't be that guy. Unless you want people looking at you funny. Log on to yougottobekidding.org. Mike O'Connor is down there at the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. At least he uh, claims to be down there, and I think he probably is. Let's find out. Good morning, Mike. Oh, hey, good morning, Ray. You just missed some excitement at, at, at my house. Just before you called, um, uh, we hear all this noise on the roof. My wife's saying, there's something on the roof, something on the roof. You know, immediately I think Santa Claus. <laughs> So I, I run He's outside, late. and we had a whole uh, flock of turkeys, or rafters turkeys, that they call, land on our roof. Wow. The trouble is, we have solar panels. So mm. when the turkeys landed, they, they, they went sliding down the roof because they couldn't, they couldn't hold on to the roof. And they just kind of skidded and then eventually flew off. But it was, it was an exciting moment here in Orleans for a few minutes here. Well, the excitement is only beginning, Mike, because uh, we're here on the radio now, and you're going to tell us about... Some of the birds that your feeder birds don't want to see in the backyard, like sharp-shinned hawks or shoppies, as we call them Shoppies, around here. Shoppies, that's right. That's Cooper's hawks. <laughs> East of Massachusetts. Wait, yeah, I think the, I hear one, one, one now. One of the problems with feeding birds is um, some birds enjoy uh, feeder birds as much as we do. And we have a trouble with... Uh, both my customers complain a lot. If you if you go through a time period where you, you're not getting a lot of birds, typically... The knee-jerk reaction is to come complain to me that the bird seed's no good. <laughs> but more often than not, you're being plagued by um, either a sharp-shinned hawk or a cooper's hawk, two very similar small hawks that prey almost exclusively on birds. And in this case, it'll be feeder birds. And they come in unbelievably quickly. Mm. They you probably use your house or another building as a blind. I know here at the store, we have a feeder on the side of the um, 
the side of the store, and I'll see a Cooper's Hawk fly right by the front of the store. We have a porch, and goes right along the edge of the porch, and then takes this crazy left turn before it surprises the birds at the feeder. More times than not, the birds get away, but that's what they use. And, and when, when my customers complain, they'll say, well, I don't see any hawk. Well, that's because they're only out there for a nanosecond, and they just zip through and then chase the birds. And after a couple of, a, of these kind of attacks, um, the birds will say, you know what, let's give this feeder a rest for a little while. And so the songbirds go someplace else where it's a little safer, and then people complain that the that this uh, no birds and that the sea's no good. It's probably a hawk. Now, I know you don't have enough time today, so probably next week what I'll try to do is describe the two, which are very similar, and they're one of the hardest birds to figure out. It's like, like say, downy and hairy woodpecker, mm-hmm. a house finch and purple finch. They're common birds that we all get to see, but some people have a little trouble uh, identifying them, so I'll go through the... Maybe next week we'll go yeah. through the tips. So if you get one of these hawks... Uh, at your feeder, and you can kind of try to figure out which is which I am. How's that sound? Very exciting. That sounds good. If you you get both of those together, then you have a better chance to tell which is which. Exactly right. The size is different, but if you just see one, that doesn't help a lot. I had a a woman send me a a photo once where a sharpshin hawk had taken down a robin, and it was was just about to eat the robin when, in the next picture she sent, uh, a Cooper's hawk had chased off the sharpshin hawk. And when you put the two pictures together... You can see this miles difference in To be continued. Indeed. Okay, we'll talk about it next week. <laughs> All right, thanks, Mike. You got it. We're going back to the mystery bird contest and see if you can identify the bird that we'll hear here in a couple of seconds. It is a fairly large coast-dwelling bird. Feeds on small fish and invertebrates by plunge diving. What is it? 781-837-4900 is the number. Charlie is in Hanover. Massachusetts. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning, Ray. How are you? Um, well, thanks. How are you doing, Charlie? What did I miss? What, do you, well. our, what do you think our bird is, Charlie? I'm going to take a guess of a swallowtail kite. Swallowtail tight, Kim. Uh, Tim. Tim is giving his, uh, um, no, I don't think so, kind of expression there. <laughs> All right, right. Thank you, Charlie. Love the show. You're getting up there on the shows. I love it. <laughs> thanks so much. 781-837-4900. Alex is in Cleveland Heights, Ohio. Good morning, Alex. Hello, Hi. Alex. Hi. How are you, Alex? I'm good. Oh, that's good to hear. What do you think our mystery bird is, Alex? Is it a northern lapwing? A northern lapwing? No, it is not a northern lapwing. Have you ever seen one of those? No. Okay. Well, if you do, would you let us know? That's okay. a pretty that's a pretty cool bird to see. Thank you for calling, Alex. Thanks. All right, not a northern lapwing. What is our mystery bird? 781-837-4900 is the number to call. Can you identify this plunge diving mystery bird? We're back here in Massachusetts again now for Barbara in in that same town of Hanover. Good morning, Barbara. Hi, Ray. How are you today? Well, Barbara, how are you doing? Good, good. Um, I'm <laughs> just uh, guessing uh, from mm-hmm. the description. Well, that's um, how it works, yeah. It's, <laughs> um, a turn, but I'm, mm. I'm going to say a royal turn. A royal turn. You might as well go all the way to the top to the royalty, right? A royal <laughs> turn. Absolutely right. <laughs> there are audiences that was a little hesitant there, but uh, they're convinced. Great. A royal turn is Wonderful. absolutely right. I'm looking forward to that feeder, the window feeder. Yeah, the Droll Yankees window feeder in Smoke 
tint. Oh, yeah. wonderful. I think, you'll, I think you'll like it. And it's oh, always I nice will. to have that warranty against squirrel damage. Oh, that'll be excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Barbara. Thank you so much, Ray. All right. Royal Turn is our, uh, our mystery bird. And guess what? We have just about exhausted our allotment of time for this morning. On next week's show, Good Birders Still Don't Wear White. That's the title of a new book co-edited by Houghton Mifflin's Lisa White. And we'll hear all about it with Lisa and with one of the book's contributors who also happens to be a frequent Talkin' Birds contributor. And that would be our friend Nick Lund, a.k.a. The Birdist. That'll be right here on next week's show. Before we go, just a reminder to we help you. Hope you'll check out our uh, website and uh, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, if you'd like to become a Talking Birds ambassador, boy, that would be terrific. Just go to the website talkingbirds.com, click on the contact button, and then choose the become an ambassador option. Executive producer Mark Duffield. Our associate producer is Debbie Bleacher. Our engineer is Tim McKenney. I'm Ray Brown. We'll see you next week. The bird show. I like that. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By L.L. Bean. Inspiring you to get outdoors llbean.com by Celestron offering binoculars and scopes for birders of all levels celestron.com by Birds and Beans shade-grown bird-friendly coffee birdsandbeans.com and by Chimani visiting a national park let Chimani guide you chimani.com